Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. We'll be right back to today's show. But before we do, I want to let you know that you can get a free copy of my first book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma, when you leave a review for the podcast on Apple Podcasts, either on desktop or on your phone. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, look up Think Unbroken, click follow in the top right, and then go and leave a review at the bottom. And when you leave that review, screenshot it and send it over to book.thinkunbroken.com where you can upload your contact and mailing information, and we will send you a free copy of this award-winning, best-selling book, absolutely free, including shipping. Just go to book.thinkunbroken.com to upload your screenshot review from Apple Podcasts for the Think Unbroken podcast. And until next time, my friend, be unbroken. I'll see you. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program.
You're listening to the Think Unbroken podcast, and I'm your host, Michael Unbroken. I'm an author, speaker, coach, and advocate for adult survivors of childhood trauma and abuse. In this podcast, you will learn how to transform your trauma into triumph, turn breakdowns into breakthroughs, and go from victim to being the hero of your own story. You can learn more at thinkunbrokenpodcast.com. And of course, check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at Think Unbroken Podcast. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Hope that you're doing well wherever you are in the world today. Very excited to be back with you with another episode with my guest, Michael Ferreira, who is an entrepreneur and author. My friend, I've been very much looking forward to this conversation with you. What is happening in your world today? Oh, man, today is absolutely fantastic. And even better now that I'm here with you, brother. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course, man. Honors all mine. I've been super excited to do this. You know, it's really funny, man. The, the universe, I believe this to be true, puts us where we're supposed to be, where we're supposed to be there. And you and I have had just a heck of a time trying to get you on this show. And I just kept thinking to myself, man, when this happens, we're just going to have a powerhouse conversation. So for those who don't know you, tell us a little bit uh, about your backstory, kind of the beginnings and, and what led you to where you are today. Absolutely. And, and thank you for that. And, you know, and thank you for, for having me here. Uh, backstory, I'll, I'll make it shorter than it needs to, you know, can go on forever with, with all of us. But uh, born and raised here, Los Angeles, California, and I've, I've always had the, the heart and drive of an entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur since age 12. I started my first business at age 12 and really started making uh, revenue at age 14. And, and after that, I continued to grow and I ran that company all the way through college and then just continued to, to build and grow that. Eventually sold that company at the age of plus or minus 26 or something like that. That drove me into my passion. Of, of clothing design and, you know, other entrepreneurship and ventures related to finance, real estate, and so on, uh, bringing us today. So still doing a, a variety of those things to this day. But, but since, since a kid, man, entrepreneurship has always been the cornerstone of, of ideas, creativity, and, and what-if scenarios. And anytime the what-if scenario comes, comes to my mind and my heart, it, it's, it's a very slow slow period from idea to action for me. I just love like trying stuff and, you know, taking it from there. Cause I, I've had the, the experience to do it and you know, why not? Yeah, I get that. And I think that a lot of life, you have to have that why not mentality. And I think about this a lot, like, why not me? Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of people get stuck, man. They're trapped in, especially these ideologies that for most part don't actually serve you. They're like, mm. man, it's not for me. It's for somebody else. I'm not good mm. enough. I don't get it. You know, I, I, I talk about all the time. I've really started my first business as a kid as well, eight mm. years old, knocking door to door and <laughs> selling candy that I had stolen from the store around the corner. So mm -hmm. having a hundred percent margin, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not, not the most advisable business practices. But, you know, you learn really young that there's a lot of potential in the world. And for me, it was survival. And I'm wondering mm -hmm. for you, like, where, where did that come from for you at such a young age to be like, I'm going to go and try something? Yeah, and uh, it's, it's a good question. I think that, you know, well, my, my family's not from here. I'm, I'm born in Los Angeles, but my, my family's from the Caribbean, Central America, Belize, uh, both of my parents. So, you know, when I'm a first generation American, you know, it's instilled to me like they didn't come here for uh what would i call it normal for lack of a better word right they didn't come mm -hmm. here to you know uh get 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 a job and move on and why there's nothing wrong with that my parents had jobs over their lifetime you know they they did things to provide for us uh but you know myself you know unique story never had a traditional nine to five job i've always worked entrepreneurship in some capacity always been on my own with the ability to create so from a young age, it was instilled from my parents. You know, they, they, they taught me that, you know, anything is possible, right? It's, it's this weird cliche statement, but I, I felt that and I, I had that energy from a very young age, right? Uh, and I think thinking that, you know, if I had any weird idea, my parents would do their best to support me in that. And that was an amazing, amazing feeling. And, and I never take it for granted. And I know the people and clients that I serve to this day, everyone didn't have that, right? So I never take it for granted that I had that. And, and it's such a joy. Simultaneously, my first business I started was a DJ, right? I ran a DJ company for 14, 15 years. I eventually sold that company after I built a whole bunch of contracts and, you know, 
fostered the relationships and was able to, to, to curate it into something that was of value. And the way I got to that business was my, my father actually had a DJ business that he did on the side after his, you know, day to job, Saturday, Sundays, he would DJ. And I would always want to go. I had this extraordinary admiration for my father. I, I definitely, mm. that admiration is still there, but it's, uh, it's definitely much more in context. And, you know, it was, it was Friday, it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights. And I was like, I got, I got to go to that. Can I come? Right. And after I was old enough, he would let me come to the parties. And when he needed to take a little break and stuff like that, I was able to, you know, man, the, the, the equalizer, I was able to do the board and put on records and et cetera, et cetera. So after that, um, I just, I was like, man, this is amazing. Right. <laughs> and, and, and I just wanted to do it on my own. And so I just started create, creating uh, my own mixes, doing my own thing. I would, he would buy the records, all the equipment was there. And I just was in a position where I learned and I was like, man, what if I could just, and I would just practice and practice. My father was traditionally a Caribbean DJ. And what happened was we, we got a call like back in the day, we used to have yellow pages ads, right? I don't even know that still exists. Yellow pages electronically, right? So we'd have yellow pages ads and my father's company had the yellow page ad and we got a call from like an American, like they wanted American music, hip hop, all the stuff that I, that I knew. And my, my dad, like said, you want to take the gig, right? Like and I was like, well, I was 14 years old, right? Maybe 13. I was like 13 years old. And he said, do you want to take it? Right. And this was a real transaction. This was not like, oh, a kid's party. This was a wedding. You know, this is a $1,200 contract. You know, this is a real deal. I was like, okay, sure. And then after that, I did it, right? And after that, I did it, I rocked this whole party. And uh, it was just an amazing experience. And then, you know, after that, I was like, I could do this, right? And then after, I just kept growing and building, started to say, hey, I could do, you know, school parties and neighbors parties, et cetera. And then I trained my my buddies on how to DJ. And after that, it started to run into to a business, right? I wasn't DJing as much, but more focusing on the contracts and sending my boys to to rock parties accordingly. Yeah, I, I love that, man. And so much about scaling businesses, obviously, is a, a big part of that. And obviously, we don't we don't talk too deeply into business and entrepreneurship here. But for you, it's a foundation. For me, it's yeah, a 100%. foundation. And I, yeah. I think it's one of those things that, and I say this all the time, like, if you really want to find out who you are, go start a business. Yeah. And And I think that a big part of that is because when you are living truly as who you are, you are being of service to that thing that drives you right yeah. for you DJing for me speaking on stages podcasting coaching people whatever it's like whenever I do anything else I feel completely unlike myself and I think people get caught up in this idea like they can't have it they get right. stuck I want to I want to go back into this for a minute because obviously one of the beautiful things that you said is like you had this amazing support system we know not everyone has that like right. fine let's recognize right. it let's talk about it but if you don't, you still have to go and find it. You have to cultivate it. You have to create it. And for me, it's, that's been a huge part of my journey is going and finding mentors, going and finding people who can teach me. Because if yeah. I know one thing about my life, I learn the hard way, man. And so I'm like, somebody, please yeah. teach me the not hard way so I can come yeah. and navigate this world. When, when you were young and you started doing that and you were in this position where here you are given an opportunity, a lot of people feel like they don't deserve it or like it's not for them. How do you manage that? Because I would have to, I'm going to assume, I don't know if this is true for you, but what do you do when you have negative self-talk pop up in your head about what yeah. you're capable of doing? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it's happened even as an entrepreneur. And, and one thing you mentioned, you know, encouraging people to, to start a business, even if you're not right, that'll like test you. You know, even if it's not starting a business. And one thing that I shared in, in one of my, my, my sessions this week on, on my podcast is that I share with individuals, like, even if you're not an entrepreneur, you should think like one. And the reason being is because now you become much more valuable to the people that you serve. We all serve some people, people in some capacity, whether you're an employee or a, a boss, an entrepreneur, you're, if you're, you, you're serving some people in some capacity, right? So if you have, this is an example that I think is valuable for people that, you know, don't have businesses, right? I share with individuals like, Think like an entrepreneur. If you're an employee, how can you think like an entrepreneur to like, okay, how can I be most, most valuable with these thousands of pages that I have to print on this Xerox machine, right? How can I be efficient with the light and the energy that I use for the company that I work for, right? How can I be much more efficient in managing my time that I could take three appointments for the company that I work for rather than one, 
right? Those are how the entrepreneurship thinking can allow you to be much more valuable to the company and the people that you serve. Because if you're doing those things and you're thinking like, like the boss and the, the owner of that company thinks, you're much more valuable to the actual company because of the way that you're thinking. So starting business, amazing, right? Some people don't have that drive. I, I challenge people, think like an entrepreneur, even when you're not one, right? Now, in, in, in touching on like the, the key point here about like the, the negative talk or the down points, man, we all have it. And frankly, if I'm in full transparency, right, we still have it to this day, right? You know, it's, it's, I know how to manage it a lot better now. And, and some of the coaches and trainers that I, that I was able to work with throughout my lifetime, right? One of the biggest things that I learned, I learned this years ago from, uh, from Tony Robbins. I've been listening to Tony stuff since I was a kid because of my dad and parents and stuff. But, but the biggest thing, we all have the negative talk, right? You know, even, even the, the key is that you have to make it short, right? You know, Jay-Z has the, the, the negative doubts, right? But it's smaller than ours, right? <laughs> and, you know, as, as awkward as it is, right? Beyonce has the, the short moment of like going on stage. I, nobody's perfect. It is what it is. It's part of it. And the reason I can say that is because I've talked to these individuals and it's there. The key is, is that they make it very, very short, right? It's not a two week long extravaganza of how bad and negative or a 10 day or two day or five day, or even an hour is self negative talk, right? It's a like moment of self-doubt reflect and say, yo, I did this, this, and this reminding yourself that you've accomplished and done some great things in the past. And making that self-doubt, what, maybe 15 seconds, 10 seconds, and they get on, right? It, it takes time, right? It, you know, it takes time for all of us. But that, that's what I share with individuals is like getting to a point where you make that negative self-talk really, really small. And after you do that, it's about getting about other people like yourself, you know, being in, in, in podcasts and rooms with other individuals that are playing life, in my opinion, at a higher level that can challenge your mind and challenge your thinking and put you in a position that will be like, you know, you deserve to be in this room, right? And some of some of my greatest moments of 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 gratitude has been in when when I was in a position of what would I say, lowest on the total pole, right? I serve on two multi-million dollar nonprofit organization boards. And when I'm in the room of, you know, CEOs and and VPs of Fortune 100 companies, right? It it puts you in a situation like they want you here for a reason. Right. You're on, you're, 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 you're here in this room for a reason, Michael. And those are the things that remind you. So getting it around circles and reminding yourself to make that self-doubt small allows you to keep in the mindset that you need to be to go to a higher level. That's such a good point. And I, I actually was just thinking about that last night in one of the mm -hmm. rooms that I was in where I'm like, there are people in here who are doing gigantic things, Yeah. right? Yeah. Things that I like am trying to push myself into. And, and there's something about being in those, you know, I used to be the guy who was the smartest guy in the room. Mm -hmm. Like, let me, let me tell you how stupid that is. Mm -hmm. I would go mm -hmm. in these rooms yeah. purposely. I would make sure that I was the smartest person in the room because then my ego would never get hurt. Yeah. And I'm not saying today being in those rooms is about the ego getting hurt. It's about recognizing one of the really important truths of life is like, you have to be around people who elevate whether you're right in front of them or you're consuming them on podcast and the internet or their books. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm in these rooms, I'm in rooms with people, dude, where like eight years ago, 10 years ago, I was like, one day I will be in the room with that person. And it, now it's happening. And I think about this every single day, how important it is to put yourself in a position to be successful. But so many people, they just beat themselves up time and time again, and they don't even allow themselves to even step into the room, let alone stand in it. And, and the thing that I've probably learned, not probably, the thing that probably I would say has felt the most true for me is recognizing what you just said, and that is that you do deserve to be in that room. That's a hard internal conversation to have, though, right? And especially the first couple of times. I'd love if you'd give us an example of one of these shifts for you, how you went from, okay, here I am in this negative self-talk to I'm going to switch it. I'm going to go and do the thing or show up or be on the stage or whatever that looked like. Cause I think some yeah. context will really help people. Yeah. 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 I, the, 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 I've hold so many different things on what to do and, you know, and strategies and ideas. And one thing that I found is that, and I'll share some things here, but one thing that I found is we all have to find like our one thing, right? 
we've heard the one, two, three, four, five. We heard the, you know, take a deep breath. All, all those things matter and all those things do work. But what I've found after working with, 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 with millions of people at this point is literally about like finding what's your thing, right? Is it, is it like going into your car and pumping yourself up? Is it listening to, uh, you know, a, a recording or audio, whatever it is. Right. So, you know, similar to you, Michael, in the aspect of, you know, I, when I was younger as a, and as a young entrepreneur and being a, a young kid entrepreneur, you know, it, full transparency, like you kind of get a chip on your shoulder, man. You really mm -hmm. kind of get a chip on your shoulder as a young entrepreneur because the, the things that you, you want to do or excuse me, that you're doing, many people like desire to do. And, you know, when I was like plus or minus 21, 22, people would be twice my age and saying, wow, I would love to do what you do one day, right? So that you kind of walk around with this chip, like, yeah, I'm doing it, et cetera, et cetera. So similar to you, I would walk into the room with my, my chest out and like shoulders up. And yes, those things are, are important to, to carry, but it should be genuine. But me, it was like, I was walking in, in a, you know, frankly, in an arrogant state, right? And that, that's never where you want to come from, right? You never want to come from a state of arrogance when you serve people. Right. When you when you when you serve people and you truly want to help people, you have to come from a space of a, of a, a humility and, and service. Right. Because when you when you come from a place of serving, you will always get whatever it is that you desire. Right. You don't have to ask for money. You don't have to ask for a contract. You don't have to sell more products. But if you come at making the person's life that 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 you're you're in front of or that you're working with, making their life easier, more simple, more productive, you'll, you'll get what you want. Right? So I'll use an example of, you know, I led a, a, a large organization uh, here in Los Angeles uh, for plus or minus four years. And, you know, in, in that space, right, I was like, okay, I'm the leader, I'm the boss, I control these things, right? So therefore, whatever I say at the end of the day goes. And, you know, while you can, you know, my, 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 my failure, right, is using the position as a state of power, right? And, you know, rather than humbling myself and being in a position where I can say, all these people are in this organization for me to serve, right? And, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that I took and did that position because later on in life, it, it allowed me to reflect on that. And even during that process, right, maybe halfway in that term, I had a shift to where I was like, I, I don't like, they don't work for me. I work for them, right? Mm -hmm. They're part of this organization because, you know, I'm leading, right? I need to lead them, right? So how can I be, you know, of a level of service to them. How can I make their lives easier? How can I get them to for what they want out of life, et cetera? Why they join this organization, why they're here, et cetera, et cetera. So I had to make that hard shift of like, it's not, it's literally not about me. Right. And, and one thing I learned from, you know, Bob Proctor years ago is that, you know, come from the, the level of number two, right. Right. Number two, right. Try to be number two. Yes. Number one is important, but as long as you consider number two, the number one will always be okay. And what does that mean, right? You come second. And so I look at myself as number two, right? Even when I came, was preparing for this podcast today, I was like, man, Michael doesn't need me, right? Michael is going to be successful regardless if I'm here or not. Michael's amazing. I'm going to listen to his stuff and watch his stuff and my father, et cetera, et cetera, right? How can I come from the stage of number two? How can I be the second person to serve him, right? How can I put Michael first? and make sure that his podcast is, is more amazing, more fulfilled, more productive by me being on, right? So I challenge people, right? And when, when we go into these spaces of leadership, right? Come in with, you know, Dr. Dr. Bob Proctor used to have a, a number two pin, right? The number two pin was to say, you're second because all the other people that you serve, they're number one. And as I said before, I think as long as you come from a safe place of service and giving, you'll always get what you want. Money, love, respect, et cetera. <laughs> yeah, no, it's very true. And and when you come from a place of of selfishness, like you will get that. And I've witnessed that in my own. You know, I go back to my my mid twenties, and it's like my life was a disaster. I was only me first. I was very selfish. I chased money. I chased girls. I chased stuff. You know, I had so much stuff, 
I was like, what do I do with all this stuff? Because I was like, oh, this will fill me up. And then I realized like life is truly about service, but it's difficult to get to that place, especially for many people who have had to be on their own a lot, who've had to go through this phase of life in which they had to rely on themselves almost exclusively. And, and I think, unfortunately, it's a lesson we have to learn on our own. I don't know that you can, here's one of the really interesting things about doing this for as long as I've done it, Michael, is that. I have come to realize that I could make 10 million episodes of this show and it will not matter unless someone takes action. And, and that ultimately becomes the reality of, of the truth of life. Yes. Go and be of service. Yes. Show up. Yes. Do all of those things. And in, in doing so, if you like, here's what I think about, if you're really paying attention, like if you're really following the signs, it will all work out. I know that's like a, it may seem woo woo. And so I'm curious about your thoughts on this, but I put myself in situations where I'm like, this is crazy that I'm even doing this right now. Not necessarily negative, but just in general. And it always seems to work out. Yeah. I've had friends in my life come up to me and be like, dude, you're an insane person. I'm like, yeah, that's hey. probably true, yeah. but I'm also going to see what happens. Cause I know, yeah. I know death is inevitable. Man. Yeah, I man. know it. I, when I was, when I was 25, 26. I walked away from a fortune 10 company where I was making six figures and with no high school diploma. And my friends literally were like, dude, you're insane. You will never be successful again. This is, this is one your one opportunity. And what I've come to realize opportunities are creative. They're not just standing there waiting to be ticked off. That's and right. so I'm, I'm wondering, right. how do you, how do you step into that a little bit deeper when, when you have this feeling, this thought, this energy, this part of your soul speaking to you, or it's like, go do the thing. Like, how do you find the courage to actually do that? Yeah. 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 I heard a statement a while ago, years ago. I'm looking off to see where I, I, I originally heard it. And the statement is do the thing and you'll get the energy to do the thing. Right. Right. It sounds strange, but. You know, once you get started, and, I, and I, that's the, a philosophy that I employ to this day, right? Even when I don't want to reply to emails and I don't want to, man, it's, I could just watch TV, but I don't. But once you start, right, when, once you get in motion, you know, you will get the additional energy you need to keep, keep going, right? Motion, like, creates motion, right? And emotion creates motion, and it's a vicious cycle, vicious in a, in a positive way, right? Motion creates motion, emotion creates motion and continuously on, right? So do the thing and you get the energy to do the thing. And in getting to that point of, of, of truly like starting for me, similar to you, right? It's, it's, it's tough to even talk about this, right? But I know that I'm not here forever uh, at a very tragic, you know, uh, almost life ending experience when I was in college, you know, as his historic car, car crash news, historic things you could sing from Las Vegas back home, uh, diesel cars, whole bunch of stuff, you know, we could, we could talk more, but stuff at the moment, but that, that moment going into my senior year of college, it was very clear to me, the, the preciousness of life. I had an experience, two of my closest friends are no longer with me because of that, right? And, and I'm here. So me being here, right, is, is a space where I just feel like, what are you going to do now that you're here? Right? So all of us that are here during this time and during this season, right, we are all here for a reason. I don't believe there's any accident. There's no accident child. There's no accident you know, person that's in a foster home, there's no accident that, you know, tough, tough to say, right? Accident that parents passed away early. We're all here for a reason, right? If you're here right now, we're all here for a reason. We have to remind ourselves of that. So for me, knowing that I had that, that tragic experience and knowing that I was here and knew that I had ideas and visions and creativities that are weird and hard and expensive and costly and time consuming, I literally put things in perspective to say, my time here is so short. I give this example when I give talks at schools and universities, especially the kids, is that no matter how I ask, ask the question, what is the oldest person that you know on this earth? And what do you think old is, right? 
my my grandma's 91, right? And they said, my grandma was 104, right? I get these really cool answers from kids. I love kids because their energy and, and, and inspiration and optimism is so inspiring. But when I speak to them, right, I, I put, I draw on usually a chalkboard or a whiteboard and I put the history of earth, right? I put it on a, on a board, I draw it. And I share with people, right? Let's say we call earth zero to 2022, right? This long period of time, right? That we have here. And then I draw on that graph or dot. And I say, that's how much 104 years is on the timeline of earth. So the perspective that I put things in to take action, right? Especially with my wife, my children, my, my, my ideas, I have to remind, like, however long you think the longest time of someone you know that lives, that's just a dot, right? If we take, and even if we go, you know, if we take zero before zero, right? I don't know, whatever beliefs are, right? But if you take the timeline before zero, the earth has been here for a long time. Even if you, even if we get to the science and the technology, which I believe is there, to live to 160, still such a short time. Right. So, so that's the way I do it. I, I put things in the perspective of like, how, look how short I'm here in this place. And what can I do to make the most, most enjoyment of life while I'm here? That's what I do. Yeah. I mean, I, you're literally like in my brain on that one. And, and I say that because I, I've lost my three best friends. They were murdered when I was a kid and in my 20s. And they're, to be honest with you, and I think this will always be something that I'm working through, there's a space in which I know, like, I have to do this for them. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. it's almost like a must because I, I look at the fact that I'm here. Dude, I should have been dead probably 30 times in mm. hand, handcuffs more times than I can count, been in situations like I can't even tell you about because I'm scared I might go to jail if I talk about them. Like, <laughs> real stuff. And it's like knowing that my my best friend's aren't here knowing that there's people who've been close to me are gone forever there is a pull to be like honor yeah 100 like, honor that and I, I think that's a really it's a fine line because I, I think that you can overdo it where you're only doing stuff for the memory of people I think that's a dangerous place to be um but I, I think it's more for me about honoring like when you talk about this dot is that what it is for you? Like, what is the impact that those losses have had in the way that you operate? Yeah, I, the, 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 the toughest part for me and uh, the toughest part for me is like, you know, I'm driving, right? So if I'm the driver, you know, and it was a period where, you know, for during that last year of college, it was like, this is, this is your fault, right? And this, mm. it's just tough to even like speak that out loud, you know, but just have a whole bunch of sessions and you know, people that I had to speak to regarding it, but, you know, knowing that I was leading that, that situation, it was a lot of, a lot of pain and stress that I put on myself to, you know, believe like it was me and why am I here? You know, and even, even thought, thoughts of, you know, maybe I should, I should be gone too. And thinking that I should, I should, should leave or be with them in that capacity, you know, it's, just, it's a tough space to be in, you know, grateful that I made those periods and, and thoughts very short, right? But the, the key is that I had to remind myself and, and get back to what I mentioned earlier is like understanding like if I'm here, it has to be for a reason, right? So, you know, what is, what is that reason that, I, that I'm here for and what can I do to impact the world and impact the people that I'm around, my other friends, my other colleagues, et cetera, that, that I could help them, right? And, and, and live live a life of love and, and passion and something, right. Rather than the stereotypical should, right. Uh, the, the should do, the should get, et cetera. Right. All, all the, the careers and positions, job I have, they've all have been some form of uh, entrepreneurship. Yes. I may have worked for companies, but there was no, it was all hundred percent commission. I've never had a salary. <laughs> I've never had a go to work and then get this check on Friday. Never had that. I just always like felt like I could do it. Right. And, you know, some, some of that came, you know, just because I, I like the awkward challenging of, of, of what if, but I had to get to the point uh, in those situations, like getting out of my head, you know, knowing that, that the accident was a part of life 
and not only life. Right. So, so putting that in perspective and, and knowing like, Hey man, maybe that was to, sh- to show me something. Maybe that was to, to share with me, uh, you know, you know, make the most out of what, what you are here. Cause, cause my two friends that are with me, wow. The impact that they had on my life is, is literally, it's priceless. Right. You know, one of my roommates in, my, in college, right. I'm a better person because I lived with him for the time that I did. Right. And, uh, you know, the, the work ethic, the discipline that I saw in other people that I gained, I probably, I couldn't have got that anywhere else. Right. There's other things that he's, he, you know, gave to other people during his time here, but I know what I got. Right. And, you know, it's, it's, it's such a blessing to, to be able to, to recognize that and be able to, to use that as an empowerment tool rather than a, a, a hampering tool. Yeah, that, and that's exactly what I was thinking as you were saying that, because when those experiences happen in our lives, which inevitably loss is going to happen, man, we just have to call it what it is. We don't get any say in time. I could die literally right now. Like I've rationalized, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think that you can be in this position where the things that occur in your life, not just loss like that, but mistakes you made, the person you dated, the, the thing that you did 30 years ago, yeah. can keep you trapped forever. And, and that's so unfortunate because it's like, you're always just one decision away from everything being different. And I think a lot of that decision is forgiving yourself Mm -hmm. being like, Mm -hmm. you're a human, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. I remember one time, God, this might've been five years ago. It was the first time I met Anthony trucks. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you know Anthony or not. Oh, hundred percent. No Anthony person. Yeah. (laughs) So awesome. So Anthony spoke at unbroken conference back in December, Uh, a great friend and he, I remember the first time that I met him, he was speaking at one of Brendan Burchard's events. So four or five mm-hmm. years ago, maybe longer. Yeah. I don't remember. Everything collapses on. I understand. And, <laughs> and, and I remember he was up on stage and he said something I'd never heard anyone say before. And he goes, you have to live life. Like when you die, God is going to show you a movie of the life that you were supposed to have. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's so true because this is so finite and short. It's like, yeah, you've made mistakes. Okay. Yeah. You've done things that alter timelines. Yes. You've done or experienced traumatic pain, hurt, loss, suffering, debt, bankruptcy, cheating, loss, all the things. And it's like, okay, how long were you going to let it hold you back? Because the thing that I've discovered, I don't know if you know a solution that I have not come up with yet, but to my knowledge, you cannot go back in time. That's right. That's right. It is what it is. Right. And you got to Yeah. Yeah. As you were saying that one thing I was thinking about is, you know, sim- similar to what Anthony said, you know, one thing that, that puts things in respect to me to take action like now in snaps is that, you know, I say, if I was to leave earth right now, and you, you reminded me of this when you said like, you know, if you leave now, right. I say, if I was to leave earth right now, would I, would I be happy? Right. Would I be satisfied? And that, that, you know, can get you in a, in a point to, uh, of taking action in the right way, you know, knowing that people, that your listeners, right, are in a place where they want to grow. They want to achieve more. They want to be unbroken. They want to get out of certain states. Right. If that answer is no, the greatest thing is that we're here to change it. Right. And, and when I say like, if I was to leave right now, would I be happy? I'm so grateful at the state that I'm in now, right? Every, nothing's perfect, but I'd be like, man, you know, I did some pretty cool stuff, man. You know, I had an amazing wife and kid, et cetera, right? So I can mm-hmm. be grateful for that, right? And it, but if there's a moment, even if you ask that that moment in the lowest space of a, you know, a, a hotel down and out in the worst position, if you ask your ask yourself, you know, if I was to leave right now, would I be satisfied or happy? And if that answer is no. You know, that's what prompts action for me. Right. And then you can get on the road and moving forward. I just, but that's a hard truth you have to face. Cause I'm telling yeah. you right now, I a hundred percent guarantee you there are people listening right now. They're answering that question. The answer is no, and they're still mm-hmm. not taking action. And, and a lot of that is the fear of success. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you right now, I, I believe this more than probably anything I ever say. Like, I think people are more afraid of success than they are of fear of failure, more afraid of the fear of success than the fear of failure. And, and I think the reality is like success is here, man. It is abundant and success. Like, let's be clear. You have to self-define. 
Mm-hmm. Like people ask me all the time, do I ever want to be a billionaire? Cause I've been mentored by billionaires. I'm like, I do not want that responsibility. No, nah, mm-hmm. I'm good. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to go close to that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want, I want the life that I want that I've set and I've drawn out and I've created and I've talked about and that I'm working towards manifesting. And it's like, you have to give yourself permission to be successful. That's right. It's right here. Like you can, it's not that far away. Here's what's really interesting, man. It, it's not that far away. It might mm-hmm. seem like it, but it's not. And I'm wondering when, when success seems far away from you, like when you come and you've done some big things, man. I mean, you wrote your first book over a decade ago, right? <laughs> and, and people will look at that and go, man, that's incredible. That's imp- how did you do it? Like, how do you pull yourself into the future? Yeah. And, and I think the one thing, the reason why I know you're right in that statement of the, 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 the fear of success rather than failure, guilty, right? You know, I've, I've had that, right? And that's why I know you're absolutely right that, you know, the people listening right now are like, yeah, but what if uh, I, at this and I got to move away from my, my, my parents and I got to, you know, move to another state or country, or I got to be in a different city, but then I got to, you know, there's, there's so many, many things that we play in our heads that, you know, never will happen, right? As long as you have the right perspective, you can control and put things in, in place to allow success to happen, you know? So, you know, awkwardly having that success as a, as a young person, you know, when I, when I was a kid in starting companies is that, you know, you get into a place where like, if you could do it, you could do it again. And, and while, while that is true in some capacities, man, there's this, there, there's like so many shameful, like, like moments that I've had of failures, you know, because of like, oh yeah, I could just, you know, start this business because I've done this one. You know, it's, it's, I can laugh now, but the times that I was going through it, you know, it comes back to what we spoke about earlier is like my, my ego got in the way of being in the position of like, okay, you've done it before you can do it again. And you, while that is true, you don't want to go in with the, with the, with the aspect of, you know, of arrogance, right? It comes back to the arrogant state, right? When you come in a position of humility and service, now you can can get into a, to a place of uh But don't of, you oh, don't you need a little bit of arrogance though? Here, here's why I'm saying mm-hmm. this is because mm-hmm. I I believe mm-hmm. if anything in this earth that you mm-hmm. want, you have really got to believe that you're capable mm-hmm. of doing it. Mm-hmm. Probably to the point of arrogance, because mm-hmm. people are always going to shoot arrows at you. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And and, it's like, yeah. Yeah. I love how you asked it. Right. You know, if you need a little bit, you know, it's I've asked my myself that question in the exact in those exact words. Right. But but doing what I do, you know, as, as, an, as an advisor and in, in, in lifestyle. Right. When I'm coaching and training my clients, as far as patron, it's actually not arrogance. Right. It's extraordinary confidence. Right. Mm. And it's nothing wrong with having extraordinary amounts of confidence. Right. My, 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 I, I use this example a lot, right? My, my, I'm relatively good looking. My wife is extraordinary. She's a very, very beautiful, right? Person, right? I'm all, when I'm next to her, I'm like, okay, we have this running joke in our house where I, where we're out in the mall. Like, I feel like people look at my wife and they're like, man, wow, she's beautiful. And then they look at me to like, does he qualify? Right. And then like, and then they're like, oh yeah, he qualifies. And then she comes back to her like, man, wow, she's really beautiful. But I use that example to say like the, for me wanting to go up and approach her, right. And say hello to her or say hi to her. That just takes a whole lot of confidence to want to do that. So arrogance, uh, you know, it's, it's people may perceive it that way. And people may look at, man, that person is arrogant. Arrogance is when you're rude and you diminish other people. Confidence is when you're fulfilled in yourself and you uplift other people, right? So the arrogance, you know, is, is, is tough for me to hear because I don't think you need the arrogance, right? You do need extraordinary and insane confidence, right? And one thing that I heard from Conor McGregor in one of his, his interviews is that, like, you kind of got to be a little bit off of your rocker. And that's okay, right? I'm okay with that. Some people, you know, and, and you've done this. I've seen this, right, with some of the things that you've done in, in, in the podcast and your your live sessions and, and all the stuff that you're you're doing regularly, it's like, like it's kind of crazy, right? Yeah, it's crazy, but so what, right? You kind of got to have a little bit of that crazy insaneness to to achieve extraordinary levels of success. And simultaneously, without a doubt, 
yes, you have to have extraordinary, extraordinary levels of confidence in order to achieve great feats. You can have enough confidence and be, be good. You know, you could have enough confidence and be successful, right? But when you take it above and beyond and have extraordinary amounts of confidence in uplifting people along the journey, that's how you can accomplish it without having the arrogance. Yeah, that's a phenomenal definition. I, I, I love that you said that you do not, like, my mission is to never diminish people. But like, man, if we're playing Monopoly, I know I'm going to win. Like, I believe mm. that in my soul. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, people won't even play Monopoly with me anymore, just calling it what it is. But, you know, I, I think that you, you do have to believe in it. Like, you really, really, really do. Yeah. And, yeah. and you're right, because you look at people like Conor McGregor, you look at people, I mean, you could name the list of people. And it's like, they get pointed out and they're like, that person is arrogant. They're, not, they're cocky. Mm -hmm. they're, they're all of these things. But it's like, I think often when people judge those people, and I have been a person who judged those people, let's be very clear about that. I think mm -hmm. it's because there's a reflection of fear in that. You look at mm -hmm. that and you go, I would love to do something like that. No mm -hmm. joke, man. Go back mm -hmm. 14 years ago. I'll never forget this. 14 years, almost 15 years ago. So I'm in my early 20s. I'm working for this Fortune 10 company. Um, one of my friends sends me a clip of Tony Robbins talking and you know, I don't know, doing whatever Tony does in coaching. And I go, man, that guy's full. Who does he think he is? This guy doesn't know anything about the world. He doesn't know my life. Fast forward all these years later, it's like I've been to seminars, read all the books, been in private coaching with him. Yeah. And it's like that what I reflect on and what we're saying right now is like looking at that moment of judgment that I had towards this individual, A, that I didn't know, B, who was actually like arguably the greatest personal development leader in the history of the world. And then Z going like, wait a second, hold on. Maybe there's something in here, what he said that is scaring. Me. Mm. There's a truth in mm. here. And so I, I love that you talked about this idea that there's a difference between arrogance because that diminishes people and confidence, which raises people. That's so beautiful, dude. I've never heard anyone say that before. I love that. Yeah. So how do you give me three ways? What, let's, let's help some people here really tactically. Give me three ways that people can get confidence. How do they get extraordinary confidence? What are three things that they can do in their life? Yeah, yeah, I, I love this this question because um, it's something that I that I, I tackle with with my clients on a regular basis. And you know, I'm, I'm I'm looking about how to narrow it down. You, people could watch all my other stuff. I do some YouTube stuff related to this topic as on confidence. But I think one of the greatest things, you know, if I if I give a list, right, the first thing that we can do. Um, in, in building confidence is being in a position to where, you know, back to that number two philosophy that I shared earlier, but being in a position where you can find the good in other people, right? Uh, every single day, the moment I walk out of the door, and number three is going to be a, a valuable one, but every single day when I walk out of the door, I say, how can I be a, a light? How can I be of value to anyone that comes in contact with me? Anyone that comes in contact with me at the vending machine or, or the water bottle station, I want them to be like, man, I bumped into that guy and I don't know, he just made me feel better, right? So the greatest way that we can, the greatest way that we can build more confidence in, in ourselves is by uplifting other people, right? I can look at, I can look at you right now and just find something great in you, right? I, I love the the brand of shirt that you're wearing. I love that, right? So I could compliment you on that, right? That's a beautiful smile that you have. All people have something good. Even if we take the homeless person, you know, in in the street, and I live in Los Angeles, so I, I, let's use that example, right? I try to find the good in that person, right? The ability, the the humility that it may take for that person to ask me for money or ask me for something, that has to take some form of confidence or some form of bonus. Some people just wouldn't even do it. They would just, you know, quit. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm down and out. This guy's wearing a, a three-piece suit. I give up, right? So I look at that person and say, what an amazing, bold confidence. I'm, I, I commend you for even wanting to ask. If I'm being transparent, I don't know if I would, right? Right, I don't know if I would. You got something, sir or ma'am, that I don't. That's amazing, right? So th the biggest thing that we could do to build more confidence in ourselves is by uplifting other people, right? That's how, that's how we build more confidence, right? The, the second thing that I think is valuable, the most the valuable way to, to build confidence is that making sure that you're 
in environments or circles that challenge you at a higher level, right? So you just got you just got off a plane maybe an hour or 30 minutes ago, right? You, you're coming from a great event, great environment with people that are either peers, you know, or uh, at a higher level or people that you can support. You're always in one of those three spaces, right? You know, you either have people that may be able to mentor you, you, you and you're looking up to them and there's, there's spaces where there's other people that you may be able to help. Right. So when you're in those environments and when you're in those circles and you when when you're challenged to go higher, to do better, to do more, to give more to whatever it is more, that allows you to be confident and build confidence because it's saying like, well, maybe I can. I can do this. You know, I can do this. And I'm around this person. This person did this to me. And, you know, back to that cycle. Right. If you're in the right environments. Those people that are, you know, have the, the, the higher levels of confidence, they will uplift you. They will bring you up. So that's why it's vital to be in, those, in the right environments, right? The, the people that will uplift you to say, like, I deserve to be here. And that builds confidence to take you to the next level. And the opposite, those people that may be students or, 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 or going places where you already been, you'll be able to say, like, man, I could uplift this person. I could, I could bring them in. Man, this Absolutely. ticket was expensive to get here. I'm so glad you're here, man. You're, you're, you're 19 and you paid the price for this ticket. Man, that's awesome, right? That you can lift people up. And, and, if, you, and if you think about this, this is, this is the beauty of life, right? If you're in one of those three states and if we're always in a position of recycling that, right? We, we, and it's just a vicious cycle of continued progression, right? Because there'll be in a space where you're, you are the mentor, right? And then even when you are the mentor, there's another level to where, you know, there's someone else that's, that's at a higher level. And there's other people that you can still serve. And if you always stay in this place of learning and serving and giving, it's, it's just a visible level of improvement. All right. All right. And the last thing that I would say, if there's a, a third one on how, you know, you, you build more confidence is this is a tough one to do. All right. I do it to this day, but it's, it's still tough. You got to be genuine and authentic to the reflection that you see every day. Mm. Right. You got to You got to get in the moment where you have those tough ones. Like, man, even, even in the down moments, right? Hey, Michael, that was, that was a bad transaction. You did. That was a bad deal that you did yesterday. But when you wake up in the next morning, you got to say, man, I got to learn from that, that, you know, I'm going to honor that contract. I, I should have charged more. I should have did this. I, I should, I mean, I got to raise my prices, whatever it is, but you know what? You committed to that. So you're going to honor that. So the greatest level of confidence is you got to be genuine and authentic to that person that's in the mirror and, and simultaneously remind yourself of great things that you've already done, right? Those people that are listening to this podcast right now, there are some things that you have done great in your life, regardless of what, right? Whether it's graduating from college, whether it's the fact that you are alive, right? In, in being in a situation of potentially being, you know, you could take the worst situation of drug, alcohol abuse, abusive relationship. The list goes on. The fact that you are here, that you are present, you are in a position, you have to remind yourself that you've accomplished great things, right? And, and, and when I'm down and when I have the, the low moments in my life, I take out a, a tablet. I still love to write. I still, so I bring out some form of a paper or pen or tap, and I write all of the weird stuff that I've done. Remember that time, you know, wrote a book at age 20 dot dot. Right. Started the company age 14, paid that gigantic tax bill when he didn't have money. Right. Figured out how to get out of the hole when you didn't have another option. And when you remind yourself of all the little great things that you've done in this world, right. Graduated college, whatever big or small, right. You know, got off addiction the first time, got out of alcohol abuse the first time, could do it again. When you write those little things down, it builds the confidence in you that you could do it again. Yeah, man, I, I could not, literally could not agree more. And, and I love that because the, you, you have these three really beautiful things. One, go be of service, go be of service, go be of service. I'm going to say it again, go be of service. Mm -hmm. I teach my clients this all the time. If you are at your lowest, go to a soup kitchen, go help someone. Yep. Stop being selfish. Yep. Number, number two, which I could not agree with more, go get in the rooms. And look, when you get in the rooms the first time, maybe you can only get the back row ticket. 
100 percent. maybe you get standing room only maybe you go put your ear to the door because you only had mm. enough money to fly there like, mm. get in the room like serious mm. and number three i think is is the most difficult and i will agree with you yeah being in your authenticity and taking yeah. your own flowers it's everything yeah. man bro this has been a phenomenal conversation michael i, I think we could go forever here man but be remiss if I did not ask you the famous question. But before I do that, please tell everyone where they can find you. Find me. Uh, best way, I guess, uh, online is the best. MichaelFerrer.com is always the best place to start. And then taking them to Instagram. Um, at this point, almost everything related to Michael Ferreira is, uh, is in, my, in my wheelhouse, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. But I think Instagram is probably the best place because uh, most active there and most communicative there. Amazing. And of course, we'll put the links in the show notes at thinkunbrokenpodcast.com. All you have to do is go to thinkunbrokenpodcast.com, type in Michael's name. You'll see the show notes, the transcript, and this full episode with more information. My last question for you, my friend. What does it mean to you to be unbroken? And as I answer that, as you said, you're, you're a day. I was like, what a beautiful name he has. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> anyway, what it is to, to be unbroken, right? Uh, I, I listen to your podcast uh, all often, and and I love you, you know the, the state of, of of vulnerability that you offer, and you know your the encouragement of of vulnerability, right? But for me, to be unbroken is, and then this came to me recently because. I don't think we need to be vulnerable to everybody we meet at the grocery store, right? Hey, we're, we're, I'm buying a cucumber, you're right. I don't need to be vulnerable about how bad my childhood was, right? Hi, bye, peace and love, right? We don't, I don't need to be drastically vulnerable to you. But what I think it is to be unbroken is to be okay with being vulnerable, right? Be okay with being vulnerable. And what does that mean? In the simplest form, I'll keep it short, is that, you know, when there's an opportunity to, to, to let the guard down, to take the jacket off, to let all of the, the show, right, of the, the brand, the person, the employee, the staff member that you are, when there's an opportunity to take all of that stuff down and say, hey, man, you know what? I went through that too. I, I did went through this situation and, you know, it hurts. And I might even cry or tear up by even talking about this, right? But you now can help that person because you went through it, right? And because you were okay with bringing down that barrier. We we all have it, right? I heard the word. We all have the it's, the the. No, it was it was from it was from the Daily Show, right? It's a comic show, comic thing. It said it said the 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 LinkedIn you and the text message you, right? Right. It's, the text message you was like WTF, <laughs> right? The is the LinkedIn you was the went to Harvard and graduated super cum laude and da 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 right. So the biggest thing is how to ways to to to, to think and be unbroken. Be okay with being vulnerable. Mm. Brilliantly said, my friend. Thank you so much for being here. Unbroken Nation, thank you so much for listening. Please like, subscribe, check us out on YouTube, Instagram, and everywhere else that you listen to your podcasts and leave a review because every single time that you do, you help someone else find this information that could potentially change or save their life and help them become unbroken. And until next time, my friends, be unbroken. I'll see you soon. Thank you so much for listening to Think Unbroken. Please share this episode with someone who could use it and help us move forward in our mission of ending generational trauma in our lifetime. And if you would, please take five seconds to pop on iTunes or Spotify, hit that five star, leave a review. And you can also reach out to us on social at Michael Unbroken or at Think Unbroken. And of course, you can check out our YouTube channel at Think Unbroken. Thank you for being a part of Unbroken Nation, my friends. And until next time, be unbroken. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. 
And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.